Hello guys and welcome to the MSC Performance Podcast, Series 4, Episode 17 with myself, Luke, and I'm joined by Coach Big Max. Big Max, yes. Hello Luke, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, so today's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about the Commonwealth Games. We're going to talk about our experiences in watching it, what we think of the whole event, what we obviously think about jazz and what that was like to, to be a part of and to well, be a part of a small part of it to, to go and watch. And then a little bit about how our training's been going, thoughts that we've been having in and around training that we think might be relatable to you guys, and also a little bit about the latest research that we've been reading up on. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I think before we dive too much into it, I think I've got to say how good are the volunteers at the Commonwealth Games? They're pretty, aren't they? I love them. I love yeah. them. I, I'm so impressed. Um, because if, if you haven't been to the Commonwealth Games, um, basically these volunteers have huge hands, like foam fingers that they do in America, and they're basically high-fiving everyone who goes past. And I think you're getting a high-five of them. I'm one, yeah, I They almost think I'm taking them in, but I'm like queuing behind like kids ready to high-five them. I love it, because if you've ever volunteered to do anything like that, a lot of times it's a bit of a ball yeah, And I yeah. finished, like, I've been, I've been to watch two events on there. I think Monday I went to watch the basketball of the night and I've been to watch the weightlifting in the day. Yeah. And it was half ten, I was knackered. And all I've done is just watch basketball, which was fun. I come out at half ten exhausted and they're still like, so like, yeah. excitable, so happy, wishing everyone like a safe trip. I think they've been fantastic. And it's really, crazy yeah. that they're uh, they've given all, because I know a couple of people that volunteered and it's not like I'll do three hours on a Wednesday, it's I'll do all week. Eight hours a day. It's hours, a big yeah. shift. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's been fantastic. I also think it's been really well organised. I thought it was going to be a car yeah. crash. The baton went past my house on the, uh, the Thursday, and it was like the second stop. It was meant to come at like 20 past eight, and it was half an hour late. Yeah. I was yeah. like, Jesus this Christ, is, this yeah. is going to be a long, a long 10 days. Yeah. I love, I love so have you, because the weightlifting was obviously at the NEC. Yeah. Have you been there before, like at any other kind of event? Uh, body power, yeah. 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 A bodybuilding show. Okay, yeah. Oh, I saw you actually. The second one was against you. And then, oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. But I mean, just the whole, so the whole lead up to, to, to it, I think, sort of adds to the atmosphere. So as you as you queue up, you go through all the security stuff, and then it's like a long walk, isn't it, to actually get yeah, there. Yeah. And they've got volunteers either side, and it just adds to that atmosphere that you're kind of walking with other other people who support you, you the way it's across Yeah, and you do get, it's, it's quite a friendly environment, isn't it? Because you can just get chatting to anyone about, Oh, why are you here? Do you know this person? It's um, great because like when you did like the weightlifting on the basketball, which is like the, the main tier, it's what the weightlifting you can tell you into weightlifting. You always wear like a weightlifting top or you know, let you know. That's let you know. There'll be someone that's never ever watched weightlifting. Oh, I'm just going to talk to weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> I went with my friends and uh, he, he never watched any weightlifting. Um, and after the, the first, I was like, well, if you miss all of them, do you move on to squat? I was like, uh-huh. yeah, mate, it's uh, super tall today. We mix them there. The questions that get asked for that, so I was I was watching it at home with my mom. Was she seen you doing snatches? Oh yeah, but even still, she said something so stupid the other day. So it was the clean and jerk. I think someone just did lock out overhead, what? and she went, "Why didn't they just press it overhead? Why didn't you, well, why didn't you just finish it?" And I was like, "Well, mom, because that's two hundred kilos. It's not as easy as that. There would be no fails otherwise." She was like, "Yeah, but it was there. You might as well finish the job." And all of this. So it's like the credits that get out. Oh, yeah. I heard a great one when I was at the beach volleyball. I went to watch, uh, it was, I think it was St. Kitts. There was this guy who must have been about 6'10. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't fully understand beach volleyball, but there's like a taller guy and then a shorter guy. And the taller guy's at the foot making the blocks, etc. Yeah. The shorter guy's running around at the back. Was this the two? Was this the, how many people aside? Was it two? Two, two. Yeah, two. yeah, yeah. 
And this guy was like demolishing everyone. And the guy behind me was like, it's just not fair that he's that tall. You've got an advantage. I was like, do you understand what a least four is? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you've all got to be the same height, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I want to go and play the NBA, but uh, it's a sorry, mate. Uh, yeah. You're too tall. Too <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, uh, you know, Giannis, he can't play basketball. He's yeah. seven foot. Yeah. Like, it's like every sport at the elite is like the, the outliers of the people oh, yeah, that have yeah, the massive yeah. advantages. I didn't say anything, but like, I was like, oh, right, yeah. really so I mean, I, I've, I've only watched the weightlifting, but I mean, you, you've, been through a whole plethora of events. So what have you been to watch? You've done the weightlifting. I'm going to class that I watched the marathon as well. The marathon? Which because they ran past here. They ran past here. I popped yeah. out for three minutes. It was really funny. Actually, one of the other pilots was we talking about like work ethic in the gym and uh, he was like, yeah, I think I've got pretty good work ethic. And then we realised that our training session took the same time that they did to the marathon. <laughs> I was like, I've done about 12 sets. <laughs> so 12 sets? I'm probably blowing more than they have to, to do it. I've got two Lucas aids and they're happy sweet. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's scary when you, when you watch the marathon runners cross the line because it looks like they're going to run another one. Like they're, they're, and then you watch the 100 minutes. What's, what's, what's crazy is what, the one past and you're like, oh, they're not going that fast. Because it just looks so efficient. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just looks so easy. I think uh, Danny from MSC ran it on side. He kept up about 20 metres, but like, it's, it's super, super. Well, there was that challenge, wasn't there, of the, um, I don't know if it was Mo Farah or the guy who broke the marathon record. What's his name? I can't remember his name. He's from Ethiopia. The sub-two the sub hours. Yeah. You're on about the treadmill. Yeah, and you see how long you can run at his pace yeah, for. people look like the sprinting. Mm, yeah, he's, he's efficient. He is. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, you've seen the, ma- the marathon running. Then I went to watch the uh, weightlifting, which was the first one. We'll, yes. we'll talk about that more. Then I went to watch uh, weightlifting, beach volleyball, basketball, yeah. and then tonight I've got power powerlifting. Power powerlifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got a bit of a, a, bit of a variety. It was nice to get to, oh, and I went to athletics. I, uh, I went to athletics. I was going to say, yeah. athletics. Yeah. It's cool to get to all the different sides. We said about the efficiency as well, like... Uh, the Alexander Stadium, there was like 27,000 people that all came at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I was through in like five minutes. Yeah, that is quite cool. Yeah, it's been really cool. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like, I like watching the sports I like, which we call to watch sports that you would normally need like more of an excuse to go watch. So, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. I've never yeah. been to watch athletics before. Beach volleyball, I'm probably never going to When are you going to watch that? Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, it was phenomenal. But uh, let's talk about Jazz, man. Yeah, the big boy. Like, yeah. yeah, he was like... Mark, so before I joined this gym, Mark had told me that like he's never met anyone who's sort of he's got a, a strong sort of mental side in terms of his training. He always wants to do better, and just just his whole persona, like when he's on stage, is brilliant, isn't it? Like you're truly like engaged when he's about to lift. Like some people are just sort of walk out. Like, it's like the face he's got, you know that he's going to lift it, whatever. And like as we say, the pulls he's got to drop under some of the bars, like. He has got a hell of a set of plunge on him. He does, yeah. He's so good to... One of my favourite stories about Jazz, I told it a couple of times to people, is that when he joined the MSC, and, you know, you look at Jazz and he doesn't scream physical specimens to you. He's quite, you know, he's very slight. He's now 67, but at the time he's like 61 kilos. He came into MSC, like, super timid, very quiet, weighed at the desk. I was in a, running a Metcon class. So I was like, yeah. oh, do you mind weighing a few minutes? I'll show you around. Show you around the gym, and he's like, "Oh, uh, I was like, what are you looking for? What are your goals?" So, oh, I'm a, I'm a weightlifter. I was like, "Oh, are you looking for for coaching? Are you looking forward to getting involved in that weightlifting club, which we did at the time?" He's like, yeah. uh, "Not really. I'm just looking for a facility." And I was like, "Well, everyone could do with some coaching." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, maybe I have spent some time looking at lifts every so often, but for the bulk part, I, I, I can buy myself." And I was like, "Okay, mate, yeah, crack on." Um, so I do his membership. Five years later, turn around and he's snatching like ninety five hundred, and I'm like. This is kind of like, I thought, this kid. When you said weightlifting, they normally mean uh, 
do strap training. Yeah, they don't really know what way it's going. No, 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 when I was there, one of his names, like Chaz went to Google, Googled him, he's like the English champ. Didn't mention it once when he signed up. Didn't say anything about being like elite level weightlifter. Just joined the gym, crack time. So humble. That's humble. That's humble. humble. Yeah. And that, that inspired me. Like when I, like when I, I did, you know, I won the British in 2019. And when I went to Australia, I did come in, but I, it really yeah, inspired yeah. me to try and be like super, super humble about it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, did you tell everyone that you won that? I say that I'm super humble, and I, say, <laughs> I get it into every conversation as much as yeah, like, By the way, by the way, I am, I am the chap. Yeah. There's like the humility behind it, yeah. and then like, like after it, when you saw everyone else, it was like quite emotional thing. Like everyone yeah. was there, it was handy. It was about 25 of us. It was cool, really. I mean, let's, I think we need to talk about his second, the second snatch. The, you know, the one where he double walks with it. He loves it. Doesn't he? Oh, he loves it. Even walk. the third one's trying. And you just got crazy balls. I, I always worry on the third because, like, anything can happen with Jazz. And you just think, like, it could easily, like, get pressed out or you get something. So once he's got his first lift, he, he settled down. But, like, you're watching yeah. the first one and just anything could go on. Yeah. Did you listen to the, uh, the commentator talk about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, no technique. <laughs> 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 that's right. Yeah, no technique. 140. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was good, like, because all of MSC who went, as you said, it was about 25 of us. We were all sort of scattered across the uh, the stadium, weren't we? So like when people were, when people were cheering, it was like it sort of did go across the whole stadium. Like he got such a loud cheer when he was doing his stuff. Obviously, he's English as well, and Birmingham. Birmingham. And the the, the, the TV presenter made a big deal of the fact that he was actually from Birmingham. Yeah, he yeah. get behind that. Yeah, it, cool, it was it was so good, like, and just a good environment to be in. Like I was saying to this to I think it was you or Mark the other day that like. The humility behind it in the sense of like even if someone's going to first place you'll like every other athlete will be happy that they're trying to go and lift it like regardless of the competition they're all kind of lifting for themselves like you know jazzy like that. he only wants to do the best he can himself and it's like lifters understand that but they'll still cheer on and be happy that people have done an incredible lift and got like yeah like first you, place you want to place as high as you can because you've had the best day you beat them you yeah don't, you don't want to get the the higher place because someone else had a shit day. Yeah, so you yeah. want everyone to do the best they can and then to maximise your performance. Yeah. I tell you what I love though is all the I never knew this before until I went there. It's all like the pettiness behind the coaching and stuff, like in terms of changing the number yeah. on the lips. Yeah. I never because I haven't been to watch it yet, I didn't know it was that much there was that much behind it. So like everyone would change their lips to try and get more rest time when yeah. so like then up their lift by like ten kilos but then you can drop it again after, can't you? I remember it. You, well, you can't get down with the bar, but like, you can... You can adjust just, it, yeah. I remember the... Uh, I went to London 2012 to watch one, and I've never yeah. watched it before, and there was this woman, and she'd missed the first two snatches, um, and she was obviously exhausted. So she put the weight up by, like, one kilo to then make someone else go, and then they put their hands off. So she had to... <laughs> yeah, she had to follow herself again, but do more weight, yeah. and then she bombed it. Yeah. yeah. And it weren't like, oh, well, we wanted to get on the board. Yeah, she was, like, in the middle of the pack, she weren't going to win. People were like, okay, like she's gonna, she's gonna follow herself. Yeah, gonna yeah. really force the hand there. Um, yeah. yeah, kind of. Another one that's worth mentioning is um, the the guy that won it, the Indian sixty seven. Yeah. Jeremy, um, when he he done his clean and jerk, and now like, dropped to the floor and he's, like crawling up, a bit like yeah. a like the human centipede. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, he's crawling yeah. up. Um, and he came out and he, he, again. He comes out and he can clean and do it fine, and he drops to the floor. Yeah. It's like crawling back up. I'm like, how is this guy like walking like two minutes later? Like the magic sponge has been out, and now he's able to get into a karate kid method. Man, it was, yeah, uh, yeah. That happened with the other, so the other Indian guy in the 55. 
kilo, I think. He injured his elbow as well, and like his second, second being a jerk, I think, and he like injured it, was in loads of pain, went off and then came out and lifted it again. It's like, do you think it's uh, the injury made the injury so hard because the platform's just pretty good? Oh, yeah, definitely, they were used to something else. Right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's been great so far. A few more days after the but yeah, what I meant to do is have it in Birmingham. Let's, uh, let's move on from the Commonwealth and talk about um, some training, kind of training force that we've had. Yeah. How is your training going? What are you working towards? Got your eyes on the uh, Forders? Oh, Forders. The old Hydrox. 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 Um, my training is actually going well. Um, obviously, my rugby season starts very soon, so I'll have to start tapering it down. Because I've really paid for do you not? I've mentioned it before. Are you, are you, like, you, you powerlifter? Are you yeah. looking at any like, Bournemouth kit that you could put on? So if I know, Maybe, yeah, I think I could. I'll have a little look. Um, so yeah, training will taper down. So at the moment, I'm very much like CrossFit based, um, doing a lot of endurance stuff, that kind of, that kind of stuff. But then watching the weightlifting, I've been so motivated to really try and knuckle down on that. Like, I got home from the from Jazz competing and I was absolutely knackered, but. I, tr- I still train, just got so inspired. I only like the bar, but I was still like, yeah, I've got to do this because I'm, yeah. so, I'm so inspired. But yeah, my training's going well. Um, it's steady, I've got a good routine, and then hopefully it'll go, it'll continue throughout my rugby season. Um, yeah, how's your training going? The, before we get to that, the, the motivation thing's huge. Like the amount of people that have said to yeah. me, like, that they're motivated to just like live that athletic lifestyle. Not so much like, I want to look like it, but like, the, the life that goes into like being a high level yeah. athlete. Yeah. One of my clients said, oh, I was really inspired to get lean. And I was like, well, that's you. I thought the same when I watched the athletics. And then the discus people come out. I was like, well, that's you. No, I'm well over the Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. discus guys. We'll, we'll, we'll one level up in for the shop. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like, regardless of your sport, like, it, you can get motivated from like the, the life that it takes and the discipline yeah. it takes yeah. to get to that level. Uh, my train's going really well. I've decided I'm going to do a comp at the end of December. Cool. Which will be the first one in like 14 months, which is probably the longest break I've had in powerlifting since I've done it. But feeling really good, lifts are going pretty well. Uh, one thing I was going to talk about today was just like slight different parts of the training. Is like I've actually reduced my amount of training volume down. Yeah. With the the idea being that I'm trying to be more intentful with the sets mm-hmm. rather than just trying to get through them fast. Because I know, like, I mean, you joke about it, but my sessions take a long time. Take <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> a long time today. Um, and in that, like, yeah, if I'm doing deadlift, I'll rush the warm-up sets because I've got like four hard sets and it takes forever. So now I've dropped it down to three sets and instead of doing more warm-ups, being really methodical with those, just trying to be a bit more kind of intentful with that warm-up to maximise the actual sets I'm doing. Yeah. Because we all know that like doing sets is, is diminished returns. The big, the big um, research paper we talk about is the, the 10v10 versus the 5x10. Yeah. And the 5x10 getting a better training outcome than the 10x10. So just in creating that you, you don't have to keep adding volume for the sake of it. So, so how do you how do you feel since you've done that? Do you feel like your training has improved? Like do you feel like you're moving better? Your top sets are moving better. I had a fantastic session yesterday. Yeah, and normally what happens? And I, it's the same for squat and deadlift because you are lifting quite a lot of weight. When you've done your third set, I'm normally knackered. Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah, you've been blowing. I mean, put Oh, yeah. And then you've got that fourth set, and then it's just so daunting to do it. And then the question is, is like when you're that level of fatigue and you're looking at like maximizing force output, like. It's diminished returns when you get to like four, fifth, sixth. So some people yeah. feel they need that volume. For myself, I'm not sure how much actual benefit I get out of doing yeah, yeah. that additional set. Like the con of it, the fatigue it creates, 
you know, I always then come around like an excess or who's then diminishes the leg press or whatever I'll do after it. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm trying to do is, yeah, that slight reduction to then allow the rest of the session to be a bit yeah. more tenfold. I, de- I definitely agree with that. And especially like with you being basically an elite lifter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. But because you actually do like, you work very, very light. In terms of RP, you work really close to failure on sometimes. Like, like, you work very close to that RP level and sometimes you are absolutely knackered, aren't you? So you push yourself to that level, whereas other people, say they've got four sets, because they're not working as close to that. that six-ish RP mark. Yeah. It's, 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 it's easy to, easier to get there, yeah. yeah. Whereas because you're working like, you're working hard, I've seen you sometimes and your face is going red and the veins are popping out. You're doing a seven RP, I'm just going to <laughs> Yeah, you just start. Like, but yeah, if I could have really got three more hair, I'm like... Yeah. Um, it's funny because actually I was looking back like a lot of times when I'm like analysing the training program kind of the direction I want to go in I've like a few different phases of training in the past level and these have been the best I've ever trained and I look back at it and actually for the deadlift I was doing four sets but like it's normally like one or two heavy and then it's like super super light yeah, and you have yeah. to drop these down and now I'm just dropping the lighter stuff yeah. and then focusing it and I'm finding also with excessive stuff like spoke about in the podcast before about like I've really changed my opinion about pushing the RPs on your accessories harder and I used to be like I'm quite a big fan of like more some maximal work and I said then about like the RP being quite high yeah, but legit yeah. never really go above an 8 maybe yeah, an yeah. absolute 9 of the, the heavy suites but like accessories stuff like lap ball downs bicep why not go to like a 9 RP yeah of course and but I've changed I used to be like 6 or 7 and now I've really changed my opinion pushing about it, yeah. and I'm pushing it but I've dropped the volume down so instead of doing like three or four sets of back ball down, I'm doing like, I did two, uh, three yesterday and I'm like yeah. pushing it as hard as I can. So I've been super mindful for three hard sets rather than doing four with more kind of blase. Well, that's very much like bodybuilding training in the sense of when they do all those, all your lap ball down stuff, they will only do like one or two sets, that's it, and just go yeah. in to absolute power. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sports reps, yeah, they're yeah, really exactly. And I think then when you think about like what's better, and when you're talking about like the quality of work versus the quantity, just reduce it down and having that bit more intensive focus behind you yeah. probably is better for most people. I agree. I think there are certain people that need higher training volumes, but yeah. for the bulk of people, it is massively diminishing returns when you're doing that four, yeah. that fifth, that sixth set. The other the caveat to that is if you've got quite short range of motion, like okay, I coach a couple of um, particularly like lighter women who have got like really high arches, just because then when you add in the amount of work you're actually doing, because yeah, the distance yeah, yeah. is quite small, they normally have to do much to someone else. If you're an average person, or you person that's interested in strength training, I think a lot of people would be better just reducing it to yeah. really focusing and, and hitting them hard rather than yeah, and you touched on something that I want to talk about there. So obviously that's intent, and intent is a huge part of training. So intent and focus often do go hand in hand, don't they? And like, yeah. So when we talk about focus, that could be like a lot of people come into the gym and they do talk a lot, they have a chat, and their focus isn't always there in the gym, is it? And it's like, so coming from experience myself, like I've got a gym in my garage that I train in. And so comparing that to coming to a gym environment to a normal everyday gym goer, focus of training at home, people would have experienced this over lockdown. It's often not there because you're in that home experience, like that home play. Yeah. You can often like just go and have a shower. You can go eat some food like quickly. Like, do a squat, have a shower. Yeah, great. <laughs> do some washing. Um, but then when you actually, say you drive to the gym, you actually get to that environment. People's focus is often a lot better when they're actually going into that environment. So I think if you are very strong mentally, you can obviously train at home. If you can have that switch, like, I am, I am quite good at it, but then there are days when I'm at home and I do think that I'm like, fuck, I really, I can't 
bother to do this. One thing that I think a lot about is uh, is like the routine of coming to the gym is massive. Yeah, it's a big part of actually coming to the gym, especially if you're like, driving in or walking in. You probably put your earphones in, you listen to your music. That's yeah. kind of your chance then to start to get a little bit more focused. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of people that train at home who I know a lot of people that buy gym kit and then sell it like a year later. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't work for a lot of people. But the ones that do, they seem to keep that same routine that they would do for the gym. Yeah. So maybe you'll like spend five or something, just walk around the block or you'll have like, rather than having only gym kit just in the garage, you'll go and grab your gym kit, kind of walk to it. You've got this yeah. little kind of yeah. routine similar to what you would do at home. And I think that's yeah. huge in terms of, like I said, trying to get focused before the gym. And we're not saying that you have to be like, all in at the gym, like, you know, yeah. really dedicated. Because there are going to be sessions where you want to talk to other people, you want to be social. Yeah. If your goal is, like, trying to maximise the sessions, be a bit more focused in them. Always, yeah. And, like, touching on that, like, having that pre- like, that routine, that touches into sport, like, and it can be related over the gym that, like, people have, like, pre-match rituals and all that kind of stuff. Like, they've got a left sock on, they'll listen to a certain yeah. type of music. Like, that can easily be related over to the gym. And as you're saying, like, for me, I know if I was to ever drive to the gym, I'd always want chill music on I, I wouldn't want anything hard I just get into that chill zone and then when I'm in the gym and then the hard, that's when the harder music comes on and I don't mind having a chat but then when I have my sets that's when my focus is on and I'm going hard it's when people are like talking during the set and then they don't really have that switch that it could potentially be a problem yeah, yeah. from what my perspective similar to what you just said everyone's a little bit different but of course you've got like let's say you've got three or four minutes rest periods maybe chat to people for a minute or two yeah. and then when it's time to say okay now I'm going to focus on my set yeah. and then you focus on yourself and then you're trying to maximise the set that you can do cool. especially you so like talking about you you as a trainer I, I can always tell like so we're always having a joke and stuff and then I know when you've got about a minute two minutes and you're getting ready because you, you do switch and you can see it in your face like getting your wrist wraps on, you're getting everything sorted, and it's like, you, you can't be spoken to then because you're you're ready to hit your set, aren't you? That's just for you, actually. I just, I hate it when you... <laughs> yeah, I think actually, yeah. What's that? I'm with everyone else. Why are you like that with me? You put your wrist wraps on for four minutes. What's <laughs> this? Wait, why are you putting your wrist wraps on? You've never trained. No, no, absolutely. Again, it's that routine, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. I leave my bar in a certain place, leave your wrist wraps on a certain place. You have a chance to do You have like four, five weeks rest. And then it's like, you put your camera in, you're ready to go, yeah. focus in. You get your suitcase ready. Get your massive three bags in there. Yeah. So what are your, uh, like, have you got any other kind of, like, little tips that you use to try and get focused? Or in particular, like, pre-session, but then also, like, just in general, if you're struggling. So a lot of people, you know, we talk about, like, mental fatigue and stuff like that. No one's a full-time lifter or no. a sports person. So... When you're looking at the studies, they have to do like mental fatigue studies, and it's, they give people like puzzles and stuff to do before yeah. a session, and they compare the amount of like force they're producing or whatever the test is. Yeah. And as often, if there's mental fatigue, there's often a, a dip in performance. Mm-hmm. There are different caveats to get around that, which we'll talk in a second. Yeah. What are your kind of like go tos for yourself and for your clients? What do you find works really well in terms of reducing that kind of mental fatigue and getting yeah, people yeah. ready for the session ahead? I think for me, so it's like, and this goes out to a lot of like the general population, if you've had like a stressful day of work or you've done something where you, you, your mind is quite frazzled, I'll often do something that will just take me completely away from that. So like, whether we say it's a walk or whether it's listening to music, just I feel like something like that works really well for me, just so that my mind is in like a calm place. Even something like, I don't know, do something on your phone that you know you're like, like watching TikTok or something like that, that it's not mentally, you're not having to think do too much but you're actually getting into that calming state so then when you hit the gym as you say because if you are mentally fatigued that is going to drop performance if you get to that state it's hopefully going to add those few percentages on for the session 
um, that's that's my advice. Have you got anything different, or do you want to touch on the study a little bit? Or? I like uh, what you say now about like, having a few minutes before it. Yeah, yeah. the studies when they're doing that, like, they're trying to create that state of mental fatigue. Yeah, they're telling people to go on social media, but to actually like like on Twitter and then to reply to stories. It's yeah. not like let's watch some mind on you know, TikToks or whatever. Um, so I when if I finish work here and then I start trading, yeah. I'll spend five or so minutes. Uh, depends on kind of what mood I'm in. I either do what you've just done, just relax, have a breather, or I normally look at my program. And last year on the leader towards I worked with a psychologist that helped me. And I told her that like a lot of the times, especially when I was coming back from an interview, I was like, I felt really focused all day. I was like, can't wait to the gym, can't wait to the squats. Then you get to the squats and like, like I couldn't focus on the squats. I spent all day thinking about it. And yeah, actually yeah, came yeah. to the moment, I just couldn't focus. Then like this little what you said again about creating routines. So before I'd come into the gym, I'd open up my training program and I'd look at it and then I'd, I'd physically write down like what I wanted to get out of the session. Yeah. Um, and it'd be like, right, I want to stay focused and, and get three good sets of mind deadlift. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I've done this mobility work and I want to make sure I've done this. So I'd write down yeah. the training outcomes I wanted to achieve out of the session and then I'd, fold, I'd write down three cues for like the main focus lift. So like, yeah, yeah. squats, okay, I want to focus on staying on my heels. I want to focus on getting brace and stacks. So I'd yeah, yeah. literally write these down. And it's just that, again, it's that little bit of time that I've just taken just to make sure that my mind and my head is in a good space yeah, to, yeah. to start the actual session. And you, and you trust your process, don't you? Because you, you're obviously you want to get to that stage where your technique is as close to perfect as you can potentially get in. So you have that cue that that's all you have to think about and you trust that your like innate experience of training will lead you through the rest of it. So like for example, like when I do my cleans, all I think about is actually extension and getting as tall and as high as I can. I don't like to think about anything else because that's when your mind can get into that fatigue state and you can start to become frazzled and overthinking things too much. So as you said, thinking about that one cue that you know will get you into the best state that you can to complete the lift. But they're not overthinking and thinking about well, all these different techniques used. Like, there is like the case of like over analyzing things. And yeah, yeah. Every other analyst with these little minutes you think, well, just having one or two things and simplify things can definitely be useful. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think when you're talking about there, like that's the routine before the before the gym. Then when you're in the actual gym, like use the warm up for what it's there for, man. Yeah, like, yeah. It's about getting your body ready, but also getting your mind ready as well. Yeah, like yeah. when you're about to start the session, again, sometimes I'll be like chatting friends, but I'll, I'll be on the bike. <laughs> Normally, Dude, normally, pretend, normally pretending to sprint to, to make you laugh. But then actually, like, I'm thinking, okay, so what's the session? What I'm doing? And you start to get into the headspace. What are you doing with warm up? So you're trying to physically get ready as well as mentally. Yeah. And so I think just, again, using that time, if you're feeling like you're lacking the focus, just to start to get yourself into the right headspace. Yeah. And on that, I think um, you want your warm up list to look the exact same as your top list, don't you? So, like, sometimes I'll tell people, like, Film all your lifts. If they look the same, you know that your warm-up is useful and you're using all the right cues and you're moving that barbell. Whereas if you're just going through the motions, if you're just yeah, just lifting for the sake of it, then when you get to a load of weight, it's going to feel completely different because your body's not prepared to hit the right angles or hit the right cues that you want it to. So just made me laugh, but we had to when we were getting ready for first one cups, me and Silver were getting ready for the bridge, and I'd be like really trying to focus. And he would always do his walk really badly on purpose just to make it. So, like, is this how you squat? And like, he's kicking out like flexing through his spine. And I'm like, how have you got to the bridge? Yeah, yeah. I was doing everything that we not yet to. Is this how you squat? Like, how do you do the squat? How do you do good. I feel like middle of the pack, but like, still works a bit. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. If Sarah over, we say, if Sarah outlines, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then there's other things. So then, like, during sets, the big thing I always use, and after almost explain to you after, 
I'd always pull out the spot. And the set's always moved pretty well, but like, I always find that I do really well from having like a spot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And there's studies done in it where they've compared like people's and wraps when they've got someone standing behind them and spotting them versus yeah. what they think there isn't anyone standing behind them. There is, because obviously it's safety of the study. Of course. But yeah. like, people get so much more training while they've done and so much more force production from having someone spotting behind them. Yeah, yeah. I had someone spotting, I think I like playing, it's a set of eight, you should be fairly comfortable, but I just did better when someone's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, no, it's, it's great, I get more out of it. So again, like, I'm always a little bit more focused when I've got a spot. And I think that can be said that, like, if you can get a training partner or a coach just to have someone there just to help you with that little bit of external focus. Yeah, yeah. And what do you like? What do you like? Your, do you like your spot to scream at you while you're lifting? Do you like certain words being said? Are you particular about it? Do you like them touching your part? I might like be watching uh, when they're just whispering in my ear. Go, go daddy. Go squat, daddy. Go squat more, daddy. Not even anything. Just, just someone's just there. Just there. And not yeah. little, like, I don't need anything else. It's like just some like, just saying, yeah, come on, keep going. Or something. I just, just do better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, I think that's with the studies we're going to talk about, about like, yeah, externals. Yeah. A couple of them are, like, training partners and stuff like that. So, like, yeah. not everyone gets to look through it, but, like, what do you think about the, the training outcomes of someone that's got like a really good training partner versus without. Yeah, yeah. So someone, someone who's got a really good training partner, I mean, they're always going to push them a lot harder, aren't they? And they're potentially going to push each other yeah, to those to those limits that like you probably wouldn't get when you train on your own. You, when you're by yourself and you're having a good session, it's great. But when you're having a bad session, that's when you start to need people. Yeah, yeah. When you yeah. are lacking the focus, when you've had a tough day, and it's easier to not go to the gym. I think A, you're going to be more accountable and actually turn up if you've got someone else yeah, to train yeah. with. But also, just like you said, your training outcomes are going to be a little bit better as yeah. well. And if you find if you find someone that is like same focus, same focus, same training, knows like sort of picks up on like like for you knows that two minutes before you lift, you're going to get in the right mindset. Yeah. He maybe he maybe knows the things to say to get your hikes for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll add so much more. Like even oh, even like an extra rep or something like that will that will count in the long run. Even if, like, yeah, like. If not, if not an extra rep, I'll get you off knee down and extra off knees. Yeah, yeah. The next set's going to be better. Exactly. Exactly. I have a team of people that I've like, like, yeah. called upon. And there's a reason I'm training at these times because I'm all then people who are around. Where am I? Where am I? This? Fridays, man. Fridays. <laughs> Fridays. When I spot you. Um, yeah, I'm the same. Like, when I do my. I had a good session actually with Rock, one of the PTs here. Yeah. Um, we did like a CrossFit kind of session. And because he trains very similar to me, like when we were sort of doing the session um, at the end it was like for time like I won't bore you with it but it was like thrusters box jumps all of that boring crossfit stuff and because it was like we were training together even him being there like we weren't saying anything to each other because we were both just there. Yeah. but just knowing he's there like knowing I've got someone to like beat in a, in a way it pushed me a lot harder like it, does that does that make sense like, that's, I don't know that's literally the study like as soon yeah. as when you're mentally as soon as you have some kind of external feedback straight away yeah people's outcomes are so much better. So yeah. it's like either having like um, a velocity tracker, so you're trying yeah. to aim to get your velocity up, or if you've got like visual feedback to watch after, so you watch your squad, like, man, that was shit. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was hard, that was yeah. tough. If you have something then to feed back to yourself, like again, training outcomes and, and focus is normally a little bit higher. Yeah. I think like the quantitative is great, not everyone's got access to it, but like yeah. also, yeah, every one tracker, or even like visual stuff is, is huge for, for that mental focus. Yeah, yeah. It seems that like a lot of the time when there's mental fatigue, it's the external variables that can then start to make things a bit yeah. more the level field. Yeah. Music. Yeah, music, definitely. And, and on that, I think it's, it's definitely knowing like, as we say, finding someone's very like got very similar training like goals to you. Because if you do, 
we always say like always train to your own ability because if you're training with someone who's 10 times fitter than you or 10 times stronger than you you might have unrealistic goals then and that could potentially knock you down a little bit so it's understanding that if someone's near you that will push you but if someone's levels ahead of you don't let don't let the fact that they're stronger than you sort of bog you down like there's always going to be someone stronger yeah. than you on the planet isn't there unless you're really, who's the strongest man in the world Tom Stoltman. Tom Stoltman, there you go. But you know, like, I, I really enjoy a Wednesday. Chaz normally trains on a Wednesday. Yeah. We're not even doing similar things, but we've both got the goal of trying to be you know, as good as possible. Yeah. When he's doing, like, his front squats, which he normally on a Wednesday, and I'm deadlifting, and it's just sick. Like, we're yeah, going back yeah, and forth yeah. with each other. It's class to watch. A little bit of tennis, a little bit of lift tennis. Lift tennis. You go. But the one I like, you have to know yourself, and I think you can't force these kind of things. Like, yeah. if you're not into heavy metal, but you're not into having someone shout, don't force it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. of my master of coaches for about six years she's super like you know introverted and she likes being focused she's not using her heavy music yeah yeah, um, yeah. she went to the, old, the English champs and there's something like the spotters we all know let's go Nas and she's like sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's not for her or it's almost a little bit off putting so I think like it's it's knowing yourself but for her when she's getting focused it would be okay maybe spend five ten minutes she's very much like she'll go in the corner she'll, she'll look at programs she'll go through mobility drills yeah, but yeah. when she's warming up she's doing everything that we just spoke about yeah, but yeah. it's just knowing the individual and not trying to force yourself into a box that might not be there yeah because some people hate being screened at like I've had clients before where they're, they're not a fan of being screened at all whereas some absolutely love it like yeah. even some people just like being spoke to like when yeah. they're doing it like adjusting techniques whilst they're doing it yeah. so I, that was a question I was going to ask one you're doing a one RM. What's the one song that you have on to get you through? I have got uh, three different songs. No, you, yes. can't, you can't choose three. Right, one. Doing, uh, one song. It's quite uh, Not Warriors by Warparks. Which, sort of, I, I've yeah, probably yeah, heard yeah. it, haven't I? It's okay. probably when the heavy metal comes on. Even like it? competition prep, you'll hear it all the time. Yeah. It's, I uh, can't wait for yeah. that. And I actually, the what? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Off the back of it, like a couple of my clients, but then also prepping for the British, started listening to it. And I was like, there's no way that this is a coincidence because it's not a very well known band. Yeah. Like, yeah in the grand yeah. scheme of it, it's not a Darude Sandstorm. Uh, <laughs> what a song, by the way. What a song. <laughs> so, uh, everyone's listening. My name's, uh, you might not have heard of it, it's uh, Enter Sandman by Metallica. Uh, like, it's quite an awesome but then everyone started listening because then all of a sudden you're relating it to Big Game. And then yeah. someone once as well, I used to listen to Ali by uh, The Game. And uh, there's something, how does that go? Go on, it's a nice quote. Cool. I'm not allowed to say some of the words. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then like, someone listened to it, like, oh, I've been channeling my, uh, my new Rogers. And I was like, people then start to relate it. Yeah, yeah, all the time. yeah. I bet you wouldn't be, so like my go-to song, I bet you wouldn't be able to guess what my kind of go-to song is. Like. I'm a kid's country. Country? Yeah. I do like, I would have a country on my playlist. Yeah, and uh, go on. I'm a, I'm a musical guy. I like listening to musicals. So any kind of musical, so like, Define gravity and wicked or something like that. Like, I know it's weird. Like, I could be like, it's uh, um, I actually went to watch Wicked and like, it is like huge pop isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I love it. I like imagine that I'm like the witch being lifted up and it makes I'm like, 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 Variety of some like, well, have you heard some weird ones? Like, there was this guy that listened to classical music, and it was classical, everyone else was listening to like, it's called Beauty. And then each of them, it's like this like, lovely uh, melody of uh, yeah, Mozart, or um, which again is like the individual listeners as well. If you like, like yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. if you don't like uh, rap music, yeah, or uh, <laughs> Diddy Hops, <laughs> Diddy Hops. Have you, have you ever listened to a podcast? Or 
know some people have done that before. Yeah, no, I'm not into that. No, I don't think I can do that. I have tried it before, and it's just, as you say, my focus isn't there yeah. in the session. If yeah. I'm doing like a, like a recovery circuit or like a little recovery session, yeah. I'll do yeah. that, but absolutely not. Right? As, we, as we say, you focus is the same. Someone say, and actually, the study shows that if you do it, I'm like, what? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so what we're saying is that if you're a little bit tired, just spend that extra little bit of time kind of warming up mm-hmm. to get yourself mentally prepared for the session heads. Have yeah. these little strategies in mind where, you know, you've got to enjoy the gym, you've got to talk to other people, but just have these little little minutiae things in the back of your mind that you can think about there where you're trying to improve your, uh, your state of readiness for the session that you can use. And mm-hmm. the external variables and the external things can really add up to over-correct the negative of having that mental fatigue. Yeah, just intent and focus with everything, isn't it? Intent and focus. Intent, focus, musicals. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, anything else you want to go for? Or we, uh, no, I think we've done everything, haven't we? We've done everything. We did, we did more. We were going to talk about my... Uh, my um, thank you all for listening uh, we will see you again at the next one very soon uh, any questions you can leave them to the video below and until next time speak to you later speak to you later